I hope you aren't one of these people who is so feminist that the idea of a song called Brothers upsets you. After all, it would be pretty hard to say all men are siblings or all men and women are siblings or whatever. I, I think I've uh, been pretty well constrained by the nature of our language to write the song this way. Anyway, that's a light touch. The point here is the last line of that song, who knows himself knows all men as brothers. The more you know yourself, the more you find yourself at home, wherever you go. And if you want to have harmonious relations with others, first of all, you've got to have harmonious relationships in your own self, that is, with your own thoughts, with your own different personalities, because we're all a composite of many, many different personalities. In the Indian uh, epic, the Mahabharata, from which the scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, was uh, excerpted, the, um, the, the consciousness of the individual is described as a whole nation, because we have so many different traits within ourselves, sometimes at war with each other, sometimes helping each other. Uh, a person may be uh, angry to some people and kind to others. A person may be egotistic, egotistical in some situations, humble in others. A person may have uh, uh, a desire for solitude and at the same time a desire to be out among the uh, crowds. So many, as I say, even conflicting tendencies. And our endeavor to create harmonious relationships with other people is almost, you might say, symbolic of our endeavor to create a harmonious relationship among all the citizens of our own consciousness. And one who can be at rest within himself, at peace with himself, finds that he can get along with people everywhere. Because it always begins with what you put out, not with what you get back. It's, uh, let's talk about it from the subjective point of view then. How can you get along with yourself? Well, one of the first things is to accept yourself. And this is obvious, isn't it? It's also equally obvious that if we're going to get along with other people, we have to accept them as they are, not as we wish they, might, they were. We can't afford to put our opinions, values, and expectations to impose them on other people, nor can we uh, afford to do that with ourselves. We have to accept that this is how we are if we are ever going to be able to improve ourselves to become what we would like to be. I've heard people say that you should love yourself. I have to admit that I can't really quite come up to that level. It may be a defect in my own character. I don't know, but it just seems like it's enough if I accept myself. Um, I can certainly love that within me that represents my highest potential, but I really can't see uh, it as a valid thought to love everything about me. There are certain things I don't like. There are certain qualities that I'd like to overcome. Well, if I want to get rid of them, that means I'm not loving them. What I think we should love is our potential for overcoming them, our potential for growing into that image of perfection which we identify with, let us say, the saints. 
with good people, with glowing, happy, harmonious, wonderful people. If we want to be like that, then it's enough that we accept that this is what we are and not pretend, for example, that we didn't do something wrong or didn't behave wrongly or that we don't have certain faults when the whole world, who knows us at least, um, can tell very quickly that we're full of those things. So to accept ourselves as we are is to be able to work with reality. But to be harmonious in oneself is always to see behind that present reality to its potential for improvement. Now let me give you an example. Many years ago, I was visiting Europe. And I was spending money buying presents for people. Then I saw something that I really liked, a statue, a carving. It was of the uh, Virgin Mary with child. It was very sensitively done. And at the same time, I hadn't yet bought a present for a friend. And I only had enough money to buy this one thing. If I bought it for myself, I wouldn't be able to give it to that friend. So I thought for, there was a little bit of a tussle there. First I thought, well, I want it for me. Then I thought, well, no, I bought it for everybody else. I'm also going to buy this for my friend. And you know, as soon as I thought of, of uh, giving it rather than holding it, I felt a great sense of relief, a great release, a great relaxation. And in fact, every time I visited that friend, I was able to enjoy that statue, probably more than if it had been in my own room where it was such a familiar sight that I never got to see it. Well, here we had two kinds of things, wanting to own and wanting to own in order to share. Both could be called a kind of selfishness, but the one was a smaller kind of selfishness because it limited it to me. The other was a kind of selfishness that found happiness in expanding that sense of identity to include my friends. And I discovered a wonderful lesson in that, that we can take what would be, if not a negative quality, at least a self-limiting quality, and see that there is a positive side to that, and in the process, grow. Now, in fact, there isn't any quality so negative that it doesn't have a positive side. And in learning to work with ourselves, we uh, and to become harmonious with ourselves, we can take those negative things. For example, anger is a negative quality to the extent that it disrupts our whole nervous system and just gets us all upset. But on the other hand, the energy that we feel when we see something that needs correcting, if in calmness we direct that energy towards correcting it, then it's good to have seen that it needed correcting instead of just passively saying, oh, it's all right. And in the process, we develop that kind of crusading zeal, for example, reforming zeal, a desire to uh, help things rather than just let them go. This is the positive side of anger. I could go on down the list, but my purpose is to say that in dealing with yourself, to come to a level where you feel harmonious with yourself is to accept yourself as you are, but then look for those aspects that can be fine-tuned, that can be changed, that can be improved. Now, the more you live that way with yourself, the more you'll find that when you're living with others, you don't get upset. One of the greatest problems that people face and the reason they have disharmonious relationships is they can't stand each other as they are. 
They'll like one part of a person, they won't like another. Or they'll impose their desires on somebody else instead of accepting that they have their realities. I've often thought that a good definition of maturity, it's one that I've given in a book of mine called Education for Life, that maturity is learning to relate to other people's realities and not just your own. Learning to come to grips with this is the way they feel about it. All right, see it from their point of view. Try to understand it. You know that even just as with yourself, if you want to bring people into your camp, you have to accept their point of view. You have to see it from their point of view. Accept their reality. And once you've accepted it, then you'll be coming at it from their side rather than in opposition to them, and you'll be able to do what you've learned to do with yourself. That's why I say you have to begin it with yourself. You'll learn to be able to show them how perhaps doing it in another way would be better for them. And so I've seen that in working with other people, living with other people, the most important thing is to accept them as they are. We know that people are going to be a mixture of different qualities, and we have to recognize that no one is going to be so much what we would like uh, as we would ever like, and probably if he were to be so, we'd get bored with him because we see him only as a mirror. We've already got one of me, why have two? And so the best thing is to appreciate the differences in this world, appreciate the, the uh, fact that there are many different tastes and many different opinions, it's a very richly rewarding life that we can live when we can learn to accept the world as it is. Now there's another thing, and that is that disharmony is not necessarily bad. You know, in music, if you have a discord, let's say a seventh chord, if you didn't have any discords, the piece of music would be very dull, always just majors, but you have that discord of a seventh wanting to resolve it back itself back into the tonic chord. And uh, the very fact of that discord makes you uh, all the more pleased when it becomes harmonious. And so if we can accept ourselves, if we can accept other people, we should also accept the little disagreements, the little disharmonies that come in life as a part of the tapestry, the spice of life. In that way, we don't get all upset and wish that it were something else. We just wait for that chord to resolve. And so with people, let them be as they are. And if they aren't the way that you'd always like them to be, just wait for the chord to resolve. You'll find that if you live with people in that way and don't impose your own values, your opinions, and so on, on them, that they will appreciate uh, that you've given them the space to grow. But also, they'll be much more ready to resolve that disharmony in harmony. So look at life as, as it is, rather than as you wish it would be, and learn to appreciate the differences rather than resent those differences. You'll find that if you look back over the experiences of your life, what do you remember to talk about? Do you remember the time you went out into the country on a picnic and the sun was shining and the food was good and the birds were singing and everything seemed to be just fine? 
Is that uh, the picnic you'll remember? Or will you rather remember the time you went and uh, ants got in the salad and it rained? And uh, uh, at the moment you may not have enjoyed it, but later you had a good laugh. Somehow we ourselves want life to be a little up and down. And if it isn't, we do our best to get out there and make it that way. I read an article just this morning about people who have gotten tired of going on vacation to uh, palmy beaches in the tropics and have decided they want to do things that are that are uh, very different, that demand a great deal of effort. One woman went with a group um, hiking across the South Pole, the Antarctica. Another group went uh, to Africa and had a great deal of struggle pushing the trucks onto the bus sometimes through riverbeds and so on. They didn't particularly enjoy it. In fact, the woman in Antarctica said she was miserable. And yet when she reached the South Pole and realized she was the only woman who had, the first woman who had ever reached the South Pole by her own effort, she was ready to go on. She wanted to go on and finish her trek across the continent. And so it is that very often you'll find that the effort to, to overcome, to conquer, even if it's difficult, is what makes life worthwhile in the long run. And so with your friends and with your relationships, don't look for everything to be peaceful, but enjoy. I think one of the most important things is to have a sense of humor. Often a sense of humor will take you through lots of upheavals, lots of ups and downs. It all comes down to a few basic things, though. I talked of learning to be at peace with yourself. That also means learning to be centered in yourself. When you can be centered, you can find that wherever you go, you're at home. Another thing is when you're centered in yourself, you don't think in terms of needing anything from other people. The secret of friendship is what you give, not what you receive. The secret of friendship is being a friend, not being befriended by others. The secret of friendship, above all, is love. Not waiting to be loved, but loving. And why love? Some people say bitterly that, well, nobody's any good and nobody is kind and they, they get all cynical and bitter. I've always seen in my life that cynical people are selfish people. When you overcome selfishness, when you can learn to give of yourself, you find that everything seems to flow well. So the secret of life, really, and the secret of, of finding uh, happiness in this world and the secret of all the mystery of this life that makes us ask wherever we look, why? Why this world? Why this life? Why these mysteries around us of the rainbow and the clouds and the stars? Why? And the answer to that question, finally, is love. When you can feel love, not in a personal way, oh, I love you because you're uh, such and such a person. I love you because you're artistic. I love you because you're accepting. I love you because you've got a good sense of humor. Not that kind of love, which is really somewhat selfish, but rather that self-giving love that just loves for the sake of love. You'll find that no matter how, how you treat people, if you love because it makes you happy to love, you'll love always. It doesn't matter how people treat you. You can think of it as selfish if you like. Okay, that's a divine selfishness. But to love in a divine way is to 
divinely selfish way, you might say, is to love because it's the only way to be happy. When you hate, when you remove your love, you're the one who suffers most. So the secret of getting along with others is to love from your inner self, to give love, to love impersonally, to love from that inner harmony because you've accepted yourself and life. I remember a woman once who grandiosely said, I accept the universe. Someone said, well, by God, she'd better. And in fact, very few people do accept the universe, and that's why they get so uptight, why they suffer so much. Accept the universe. Accept your place in the universe. Accept that what is, is. And you can't change it unless after accepting it. Be centered in God above all in meditation, and allow his love to love others through you. Let our, uh, let's sing a little song. I'll, I'll uh, sing with our singing group, our joy singers, and we'll sing a song called Why. <laughs> 